This is CliffCentral.com. So on a Monday, in order to make us feel better about the world, we bring in someone who gives us a reality check. Someone who uh, bullshit will not cling to. Someone who is able uh, to, to shirk nonsense like the rest of us shirk responsibility. He is <laughs> Rich Mulholland. Do you want your theme music? You like your theme music, huh? That uh, uh, bagpipes. <laughs> you want that, right? Hello, buddy, Scotland. <laughs> All right. Should we do it? Oh, I mean, right. may as well not. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a pretty beautiful All Scottish right. morning. I notice a lot of new tattoos going on. Yeah, I'm just trying to get my sleeves sorted out. I feel like I'm looking too corporate, so I want to I want to change that up a bit. All right. Well, yeah. you, I don't think you've ever looked corporate. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, there's no corporation in the world that would hire you because of the way you look. <laughs> I think there's no corporation. In fact, that's a very good topic, a very good segue, because it leads right into what I'm talking about today. Uh-huh. There's no corporation in the world that would hire me, period, uh, and probably because of how I'm educated. But um, very first of all, uh, are you educated? Uh, well, no, I mean, I got my trick. One guy did worse than me at school, and the guy who did worse than him failed. <laughs> so, uh, All right. Uh, the, Sorry. the only difference is that I don't make the mistake in believing that your education and your schooling go hand in hand. Uh, not to say that school was bad, but I've never stopped learning. Or to say, which a lot of people don't seem to understand, that even people who are uneducated can be extraordinarily intelligent. And that uh, if you read a lot and you, uh, you, you are interested and you're curious in the world, um, then, then you will always be able to find the information that you require to satisfy that curiosity. That's the mark of intelligence. For sure. And I think for me, the thing is not about being uneducated then, it's that, you, that you're uncertified. And, yeah, and that separation right. between education and certification is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, just quickly, because I saw it on the way in here, uh, congratulations, man, on your final idols. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I thought I saw the photograph, and I thought, wow. I mean, I looked back, it was you, Randall, and Dave, and I thought it was quite an emotional. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, it was right, especially Randall's haircut. He looked like he had that something about Mary hair gel thing going on, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. But it was yeah. a really nice photograph, no, and you, I thought I... it was excellent. So congratulations. What an amazing... Yeah, I had a good show uh, last night. It was fun. I'm very glad that Norma won. It's... Uh, She's a very talented singer, and, and I'm just happy to uh, kind of leave it on a high. Yeah, dude. Well done. I told you before, Thanks. that's your ninja skill. Um, okay, so this is a topic I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it's never quite come up. I want to I challenge Fees Must Fall. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it may sound like I'm a bit late to the party, but I, I want to I rally the troops here. Okay, and I'm happy to get into this debate, by the way, with anyone. Anyone who thinks I'm wrong, uh, find me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, at Rich Mulholland. I'm really, right. really happy to debate this. Okay. So, so we're arguing fees must fall. And, and I think that we're missing the idea of the victory condition. The victory condition isn't to have cheaper education. The victory condition of education is to make you more hireable, to get a better job. Right, that's what, that's what ultimately we're trying to do, get a better job so we can build a better lifestyle for our families. Now, what's happening here is that we're, we're upset because education is seemingly getting more and more and more expensive, and it is because we're having to do it longer and longer to be certified for longer. Mm-hmm. And, and we're fighting against that. But I think we're fighting the wrong problem here. So, you know that quote that says you need a three-quarter inch drill bit, but what you actually need is a three-quarter inch hole. Or more importantly, you need to hang a picture in the wall. I think that's what's happening here. You see, the reason we need to get educated for so long is due to greedy universities wanting to keep you on for longer, colluding with lazy HR departments of large corporations. Hmm. Because they're saying now, it used to be that if you had a very good matric, you could get a job or you could become an apprentice. Then it was okay, well, you have to have a degree. And then it's now you have to have a master's degree in something. You've got to stay longer because every every 
group of people, the bar just raises higher. Mm. So if you want to get that good job, you have to be more educated than the next guy. And what we're creating is this weird thing where we're having to educate for longer and longer and longer and longer in order to get the same jobs because HR is able to hire on that criteria. Now you've got to have your MBA or now you've got to have your, your master's. And, and, and this is a problem. <clears throat> I think the real fight we should be doing is not on dropping the fees of education, but actually dropping the amount. And I think we need to shift the uh, uh, the blame here from not the the public sector and and to pay for university or even the universities, but actually rather to the corporations, because it's the corporations that are driving the bar higher that require us to to study for longer for these unreasonable amount of times. Mm. Now, there's a problem. My father, when he had a job, he, he got this, the, he went and he studied, he got a job, and throughout his career, what happened is he was on this curve of, uh, ex, you know, relevance and experience. His, his information was relevant, and he had more and more experience in it, therefore he was more and more hireable. Now what happens is as we gain more experience, instead of uh, gaining impact, we actually fall off a relevance curve. So our education is relevant for less long. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. So what's happening is we're mm. making people study for longer in order to have that degree be relevant for less time. What we need to do is change that entire thing up. What we need to do is we need to, if it was my dream, it would be that you go after school and you do a degree that takes one to two years. Now, I understand if you're a doctor or a lawyer, there's probably certain careers that may require longer. I'm totally behind that. But for the most part, for you, it's kind of more generic standard business degrees and things. Get them out there quicker. The universities must uh, uh, imagine you. it's even free, but they tithe you. So, okay, I'm happy to educate you for these two years for free, but then you're going to give me a percentage of your salary for the rest of your life. So the good universities will, will command this. However, we're going to re-educate you for two to three months a year, every year for the rest of your career. So we'll keep you fresh. So we'll keep you fresh. And that's what you're paying for. And the businesses need to understand that this is the model. And so, yes, staff members will be leaving for two to three months a year to educate. I don't think this is a bad thing. First of all, we know this works because maternity leave works, right? Yes. So we understand that people can leave and things can happen. And mm -hmm. now paternity leave works. But now what we're doing is you're getting your staff back with now your people who have the most experience also have the, the newest knowledge. Right. And the idea of fees must fall. It's, it's, it's quite absurd to me because all we're fighting for is we're fighting to make a system designed to actually put you down cheaper. Yeah. And we need to evolve that conversation. People need to realize what are we actually fighting for? And what we're fighting for is to build a better life for ourselves and our families. How do you hire people? I mean, this is all good in, in theory, but, you know, you run your own business. You hire people. Right. But I want multiple people. Okay. So, what are the criteria you look for? Okay, so we hire, uh, this depends on the different sites, right? So we hire strategists who are going to be working, uh, on what is the CEO's content that he wants to deliver and how can we, we plan that? So it's, it's a very thinky job. And we hire designers who are people, but in their mind, uh, they're not artists. They're people who are trying to consider what a message somebody's trying to say and how to best visually represent that. Okay. But so we you don't look for qualifications. No. Never, 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 right? So I'll look at somebody's book, first of all. Uh, if they are a, uh, uh, say, in the design side, their qualification is so completely and utterly irrelevant to me. It's absolutely 100% unhelpful. If, if I have a person who's got a great qualification in an A+, and I've got somebody else who has matric and can just design the ass out of something, there's just never any doubt. Right, that that person gets a job. This right. is a that's a talent job. 
And then on the other side of the business, it's attitude and how they field certain questions in the interview. It's their ability to think on their feet and, and, and handle themselves. And, and, and funny enough, that's not a teachable asset. However, what I would love them, I would love that if there was a thing that you could do for a year after school, for two years after school, that was designed purely and it was run by the top universities and it was amazing and it was designed purely to tell you what your natural aptitude is, aptitude plus interest. So that when the guy comes to see me, it actually says, shit, this guy is a visual thinker that has a, a complete aptitude for problem solving for things like this. Everything else I'll teach you. Every, but if you have the raw material and the desire, and we know that because we've got some scientific process of finding that, I'll teach you everything you need to know, and it will be easy for both of us. But if you come in saying, oh, I want to work with you guys because you have a fireman's pole and a, and a tree house, and it looks really, really cool, mm. but it turns out your aptitude is for more advertising and marketing and things like that, then I'll say to you, hey, man. Look, you're not going to love what we're doing. You're going to find what we're doing very boring. We're not about creative. We're about creative problem solving. So, so you, you're going to hate this. You should go to an ad agency. And then let them teach you on the go. Do you know what your aptitude might have been if you'd done a test like that? Yeah, well, I think I, I'm a – so I, I realized I'm, I'm naturally good at selling stuff. If, mm-hmm. if you'd put me through a job and aptitude, things like that, I probably should be some sort of salesman. Yeah. The only thing is I'm, I'm very good at, and I think this is a mistake we make. I'm very good at selling, but I'm not good at sales. So I'm very good if you put me in the room of making a deal happen where I'm not great is doing all the dog work that real salesmen know how to do. Sales is a science and yeah. there's a whole bunch of steps before you get to be good in the room. And I'm only the, the final guy at the end of the, and I'm really bad at the rest of it. But I would have probably worked harder at it. I remember my mother took me to the Human Sciences Research Council. And she said, do this aptitude test. Because I didn't know what I wanted to do after matric. Well, during matric. I knew, I knew that the gap year was not on the table. My parents are like, we are not funding you for a year to fuck around. So go to university and do your thing. But you've got to study something that's useful to you. Something that you know, you'll end up being interested in. And I, I came up with architecture. As the number one, and I should have probably done that, but I ended up doing law, which I later on dropped out of. And I keep thinking, like if I'd if I'd paid more attention to the aptitude test, I didn't even look at what was number two, three, or four. But law wasn't in there. Yeah, the problem with architect, sorry, the problem with uh, aptitude tests in the current form is they don't map interest with with. Ability. So yeah. aptitude is what you could be good at. Right. I want to do this thing. You could be very interested in something, but right. you could be terrible at it. Hundred percent. Yeah. I want to do this thing called the Freshman Foundation, and the idea is that after kids leave school, they come to me for a year. Their parents pay us one year of, of education. Okay. And for that one year, they're actually going to get their money back because I'm going to go to a different company. I'm going to come to you and say, Hey, man, I'm going to send a, a guy. He's going to work for you for a month in the station. You can say, Cool. Then somebody's going to come to me and then someone's going to go to one of my banking clients. And for 10 months of the year, these students are going to do 10 different jobs. And in those jobs, they're going to experience multiple different spheres. They're going to be paid a small fee, like an intern fee, but enough to get by. But like a mm-hmm. waitering job, they'll, they'll basically end up with that kind of fee at the end of the year. And at the end of that year, they can decide, sure. I really loved banking or I really loved uh, the radio station or I really loved whatever the case may be. And then they can pursue that. And then they'll come to you and they'll say, Gareth, this is absolutely what I want to do to make me the most hireable to you. What would you like me to study next year? Now, some people might turn around and say, you know what? We loved your energy and your, we'll bring you in and we'll put you through some courses and stuff and get you started. And others might say, we'll go and study this and then come back to us in three or four years. And you could say to them, well, would you mind if I stay in touch and you could mentor me throughout those three or four years? And the guy would say, absolutely. And I guarantee you, four years later, you're walking into a great job. 
Okay, if you yeah. can continue that mentorship. But then we're studying what we know. The concept of the gap year is so completely broken because all it's doing is it's, it's, it's just a chasm. It's, it's not helpful. It's a chasm that's between you and what you want to do. And what happens is this makes most people have accidental careers because they go overseas and they travel and then they meet a friend who has a job at a, at an architecture firm. Mm-hmm. So they say, oh, listen, we can, you can help out being an admin clerk at an architecture firm. And then they have a great attitude and then they do that and then they're up staying there. And then, you know, 10 years later, they find out they're that and they haven't explored anything. And before they know what's going on, that's their thing. Yeah. And then, and then. And it's a mismatch. The other problem with, with the education thing is that the longer you spend on it, the less, the more invested you are, the less likely you are to tap out. Uh, so we study, how long is architecture? Well, I don't know. But it's a long one, eh? It's like about five years. Five years. Here's the funny thing. My sister's an architect. She's licensed to build up to uh, 10 stories. Uh, now, because she does residential, that's, I mean, she's never had to do a 10-story house. Uh, she's done a three-month drafting course. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. A three-month drafting course and everything else was certifications and exams she's written throughout the experience she's had. She had such a head start because if she went to, if she came out of her drafting school uh, at the same day that, um, uh, she went into a drafting three-month course the same day that somebody went into the architecture course. My sister has four years and nine months of experience and clients and reputation and all of these things. At the time that the architect student leaves and is starting as an intern, nothing. they can never catch her. Through the compounding interest of experience, mm-hmm. they can never, ever catch her. Now, for sure, the 1% or 2% are going to go out and do skyscrapers in their Burj Hotel and stuff like that. That's fantastic. But for the most part, my sister's drafting and certification, later certification, has put her in a far better stead to the point that now uh, she's three years older than me, semi-retired, works when she wants to, turns down almost everything because she doesn't need to. Yeah, you see, and this is where fees must fall get it wrong. They're going about it the wrong way. They're, just, they're looking at the... The immediate thing rather than the end result. And right. what you should be looking at is the job and whether or not you're hireable. The victory condition, the end game. That's what they've got to, what they've got to be pushing for is what are we actually trying to achieve here and what are the real barriers in the way? And what you'll find is the barrier, the biggest single barrier is that corporate South Africa is lazy and demands all these many years of education, not that education is expensive. Because let's face it, these institutions aren't going to run themselves. Now, they are expensive and, and probably more than they need to be, but that's not the real problem. And this victory condition thing, it brings it right back to what you were saying uh, when I was writing here about America being a republic. You know, again, and I, I know I've been a crack record in this, but if, um, if, if you're playing Monopoly and one player has all the money at the end of the game and then the other player turns and says, but dude, I've got most of the buildings. And they say, yeah, but that's not, that's not the game we're playing. If we, if we had to get the most buildings, we, we'd have played differently. That's the electoral college argument and popular. I mean, it's just I'm not willing to have this conversation. There's, there's no, this is not an, a, a conversation of opinion. This is simple. Simply, if you believe there's a problem with a popular vote and you talk about that popular vote, you simply don't understand the criteria of the game. Hillary played the wrong game. And then – well, she didn't. She actually tried to play the right game and lost. I think that's what we need to be mindful of. She knew what she was getting into. Anyway, that's a whole thing. But this idea of define, understand what your victory condition is and work towards that. And, and don't let the bullshit get in the way. Fees must fall is the cure for the wrong disease. There we go. Cool. Sure. Hard stuff. Thank you, Rich. This is me until February, I'm afraid, guys. Unless yeah, we we're not going to see you until February? Some dialing. I'm traveling. I'm all over the world. But if we Bastard. can Skype in or something, that'd be yeah, right. right. But we otherwise, we'll make a plan. Yeah, we'll Skype in and stuff. Fantastic. People like hearing from you. Have a good one. Cheers, guys. Very nice to see you. Thanks. Rich Mulholland, the reality check. This is cliffcentral.com.